Hey, hey, y'all. It's me, Robin. And just real quick before we get to today's episode, if you are loving listening to the podcast, or maybe you don't know because you've just pressed play for the first time ever, but if you like to listen to things in your earbuds, you are going to be so happy to know that Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors is now released as an audiobook. You can get it in Audible or wherever else you get your audiobooks. And of course, you can still get it in print and ebook. If you go to robingobel.com slash book, it's going to give you all the options, including that you could order a signed copy from my local bookstore. Alrighty, y'all. Here's that podcast episode you're waiting for. Oh, y'all, welcome back to the Parenting After Trauma podcast with me, your host, Robin Goble. I am so excited to be with you again today. I'm so excited to be back behind the microphone, to be planning podcasts, to be being so thoughtful and deliberate about how I'm going to connect with you in this moment and in this episode, but also all the moments and all the episodes that we have planned out for this up coming year. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you know I actually haven't recorded a solo episode just with me in months, right? Like before the holidays, I did mm, a whole month, maybe five weeks of amazing guest interviews. And that was a really fantastic way to bring in the end of 2022, especially with just everything else that was going on, which I'm going to share with you here a little bit in this episode. And then over the holidays for four weeks, kind of like mid-December to mid-January, my schedule like this past year and the year before has been to do four weeks of replays. I kind of search through my podcast archives and think like, what are the topics that parents of kids with vulnerable nervous systems, big baffling behaviors and histories so often, although not always of attachment trauma, what are the topics that these families need to get through what can often be a pretty dysregulating time of the year, right? Like regardless of what holidays you do or don't celebrate, this November, December, moving into January time period is often one of unpredictability and all sorts of unique things happening and sounds and smells and sights are different and schools out and all these things which contribute to oftentimes an increase in dysregulation. So you got four weeks of replays and I hope that those helped you get through that tough time in your family. And now as we are beginning to turn our sights to 2023 and really ease into this new year, I am just so excited to kind of be back in this chair that I sit in for recording and and back behind the microphone and and even just doing the steps involved in planning for a podcast felt soothing. They felt familiar. They felt like kind of coming back into what matters most to me and coming back into connection with all of you. As I was getting ready for 2023 and planning out podcast episodes, and I really almost have all of 23 planned out, believe it or not. Uh, But as I was sitting down and doing all these plans, it kept kind of coming back to me that I really wanted to record something that kind of felt like a year in review episode. And I kind of put it off and I was like, eh, I don't know that that's what my listeners need to hear or want to hear. I really, really value your precious moments of time and know they're very few and really think about, you know, like if I'm going to ask you to hit play 
Am I giving you something that's going to make that investment of your time worth it? And I just kind of went round and round with myself on like, is doing a year in review episode kind of too self-serving? I mean, I really want to do it. I, I wanted to have the opportunity to sit down and reflect and I'm an external processor. I have very few inside my head thoughts, for better or for worse. One of the ways that I process and make sense of things is out of my head and often verbally. And I just kept feeling compelled to do an episode like this with still some hesitancy about, is this the right episode for y'all? And I talked to a colleague and she really helped me come to a place of feeling as though this is helpful to y'all. And as these pieces where I to maybe take a step away from kind of overt teaching or overt, you know, sharing knowledge or information with you and instead stay just completely grounded in this relational space is of course of, of great value to you. And it's of great value to our relationship, this relationship that we build week after week with this podcast. And then of course helps the very practical, tangible tools um, and things that I offer you. It helps those be even more dynamic, even more relevant, even more useful to you because they are embedded inside this relational experience that you and I have. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to just take an episode to really reflect on and enjoy all of the goodness, all of the intensity of 2022, because y'all, I've never had a year like 2022 in my life. And just recently I said to someone like, I mean, I knew 2022 was intense and I knew I was doing a lot of projects and it's only in reflection that I realized what exactly I undertook in 2022, which was without question, extremely intense. And I'm hoping isn't an intensity that I repeat in at least the near future, like in the next couple, couple of years that that's what I'm hoping for, but who knows what will actually unfold. So there was so much that happened in 2022 including that it was the inaugural year of being with this year-long immersion program that I have for professionals, specifically parenting professionals, professionals who work with kids and families in a wide variety of settings and who were especially interested in growing their skills and their capacity to work with y'all, to work with the families of the kids with the biggest, most intense, most baffling behaviors. So 42 people, 42 people trusted me and took this enormous leap with me. And I was offering a brand new program, right? Like not a program that was tried and true and had uh, tons of recommendations and lots of really obvious positive outcomes, but a brand new program. And y'all, not just a brand new program, but a brand new year long program that met weekly. So this very intense program. 42 people decided they wanted to be a part of the very first year, wanted to be a part of building something while it was unfolding and while they were a part of it. So I started being with, with these two main goals. Like I wanted to teach parent coaching strategies and skills of course, right? And 
one way that my students did receive these parent coaching skills and strategies and tools and techniques is that they were taught how to teach parents the parent course that I have created and written, and they have the licensing rights now to teach the parent course themselves in their own communities or however they want to teach it. Now, of course, not everybody who participated in Being With is interested in teaching a formal parent course or working in that capacity, and that's fantastic. The The material that they received, that is my parent course, is all very much uh, information material that can be implemented in a wide variety of settings, including especially like one-on-one while coaching parents, whether that be parents of their therapy clients, parents that they're just working on in their own parent coaching practice, parents of the kids that they see for occupational therapy, parents of kids that they're working with in a more educational setting. So one of the cool things about being with is that it's a very multidisciplinary. It brings in professionals who work with kids and families in a wide variety of settings. Though last year we did have predominantly therapists. That's not true about this year, but this last year we did have predominantly psychotherapists and mental health practitioners who work with kids and families in that capacity. So they, over the course of the year, of course, got a toolbox full of tools for how to work with parents of kids who have these most vulnerable nervous systems and the biggest, most baffling behaviors. I really wanted to make an impact in the world and offering an opportunity for there to be more professionals who feel equipped to work with y'all, those of you who press play and listen to this podcast. So parent coaching strategies and parenting strategies was certainly a major goal of being with, but really the other goal is the one that was the more important goal to me. And that second goal of being with one that takes a lot of time and one that ultimately, like I said, I think is, is more important even than the tools and the strategies is I wanted to create a space through being with that the students nervous system could have the opportunities to move toward increased integration themselves, that they could have experiences that that would widen their own window of tolerance, that they would have the experience that would increase their own capacity for working with families that are holding a lot of intensity and that they would have experiences that would then decrease the amount that they get triggered by this intensity because practitioners who are regularly triggered, regularly overwhelmed by the intensity of their clients are unfortunately practitioners who are going to burn out really quickly. And The families that I work with, y'all that are listening, need practitioners who can hang in there for the long haul. And I, because of my own experiences, knew that we needed to do two really important things. When I needed to equip these practitioners with more tools so that they could feel more confident that they can be helpful, but I also needed to give them an experience where they could be seen and held and known and experience the presence and the co-regulation and the being with that they ultimately want to offer to the families that they work with because that is the primary way the nervous system changes. That is what families need more than anything. So my program being with has, of course, very similar goals as the programs that I have that are directly working with parents, right? To increase our own window of tolerance, to increase our capacity, to increase integration, to decrease how much we're being triggered, to increase the amount of which we feel really seen and known. That is the heart of being with. And a year ago, well, a year and a couple months ago, that was just an idea. 
And now that idea is alive in the world. It's alive in the world. And we met for 12 months, minus 10 weeks where we went on summer break, but we met every week for 12 months, for two hours each time. And we did this all live on Zoom. And students also had a significant amount of like didactic learning that they were responsible for participating in as well. But I didn't actually teach in the times what we got together live. I wrote curriculum and recorded curriculum and uploaded it into an on-demand learning platform. And so all the students did all of their just didactic learning on their own time, which means that when we got together, I didn't teach live. We got to be together in relationship. We got to focus on integrating the concepts to explore what different things were coming up for us as we were learning the material and applying it to the families that we were working with. And we got to process the application of the material. We got to ask questions about what was tricky with the families that we work with or, you know, take the theory and make it truly alive and applicable. But ultimately what that means is we got to be highly relational. So even though this program always met on Zoom, we never had a live in-person component which is pretty cool because that meant we had people from all over the world. But even though we always met on Zoom, we had a highly relational experience. The brain changes in relationship, and this is true even over Zoom. I'm interrupting the show real quick because if you happen to be a new listener, you might find yourself being a little overwhelmed by all this information. That makes total sense. I mean, there's like 150 episodes plus all the free resources that are available over my website. It's just a lot. So many folks have asked me, where do I start? So I created a separate podcast stream called Start here. What I did is I took the 10 episodes that I want you to listen to first and that I want you to listen to in this specific order. And I put them into a separate podcast stream so that you don't have to search for them. You can just press play and they'll play one after the other after the other. If you go to robingoble.com slash start here, you'll be able to get an invitation to subscribe. And then you'll be able to listen right in the same podcast app you're using right now. RobinGobel.com slash start here. So from a super duper practical perspective, what all of this means is that I created 12 months worth of curriculum and I had to create it and I had to record myself teaching it and then I had to post it in our on-demand learning library. And I also rewrote my entire 12 module parent course. I did all the slides. I rewrote the accompanying workbook for parents. I wrote extensive prompts in all the notes sections of the the slideshows so that, you know, my students, when they're out teaching the course, they could feel really, really supported and, and co-regulated by me as they are out teaching. So the curriculum for being with, and then the parent course, all of that was of course, just a lot of time in creation mode, which I love, I love, love, love being in creation mode. And then another really cool thing about being with in the year is that I got to practice and start to learn about how to be a boss, which is not a role I've ever wanted because it's not a role I thought I could ever figure out how to be good at. And I knew when I created being with that if I was going to create it in the relational way that I wanted, that I was going to need a team of people helping me implement it. And so that meant I had to have coaches and a team. And yep, indeed, I had to figure out how to be 
a boss. So being with um, is offered in different formats and we have our full group that meets together, but then we also are all divided into smaller groups. And um, the smaller groups are intended to be really everybody's anchor into their program. The small groups really, really got to know each other. That was where the relational piece really, really came alive. So I needed a coach for every small group. And one very unexpected joy and delight of 2022 is that I got to watch my team of small coaches who are just phenomenal human beings and phenomenal human beings I've known for a long time. I got to watch them have the kinds of experiences teaching and, and holding these kind of transformational space for others. I got to watch them have the experience that I have and love and adore and like what keeps me going every day is 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 how I can create and and hold these experiences. And I got to create an experience where other coaches got to create and hold that experience for their students. And that was cool in a way I hadn't expected. I got to watch this team of coaches just, grow in their confidence. I've known these folks for a long time and I've been able to watch their shift and change and, and how they've, how they've grown. And I got to be, um, deliberate about taking in the way that they support and are connected to me. So I got to feel what I had hoped for, which is that being with wasn't something I created. Being with was an idea that I had. And then we all contributed to this kind of a co-creation and collaboration and, and execution. And, and it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to all of us, my coaches and, and my students. And yeah, I mean, it was awesome and hard, right? So all year long, I created content. I made slideshows. I, I searched for images. I hunted down original and and accurate citations. And then and then I recorded the content and the lessons that I'd created. And then I messed them up royally and had to ditch them and re-record them. And I did this over and over and over again. And for the most part, what I just described to you is actually my dream life. Like I would look around and be like, it was surrounded by books and they're open. And, and I can't remember where this one citation from and this original source and, and did I get it? And, and am I integrating this material in a way that is going to make sense to the learner? And, and, and I'm like looking around and I was like, this is actually my dream life. So what was the end result? Uh, the end result of, of the 2022 cohort of being with is that 42 folks went through the program and 39 folks completed all of the requirements and earned the licensing rights to teach my parent course and to be listed in the being with directory. And the other three folks have been given lots of guidance and opportunity to be able to still do exactly that, to still complete the requirements, earn the licensing rights. And I have no doubt that each of them will, will do that. That's amazing. Y'all just amazing. Three of the students who went through being with last year have moved on to become coaches in their program this year. And so now I now have six coaches in the program and then an additional six of last year's students have gone on to become what we're calling student coaches. So we've developed a student coaching program because I want to make sure that the program always has what it needs to grow in the way that feels good. I want to be able to serve the number of students who want to participate in a way that feels you know, not exceeding my own capacity and the capacity of the program. And I want to make sure we are never limited based on how many folks I have available to take on the role of small group coach. So we've created a program for how to create um, and nurture 
student coaches so that should they want to in the future, they can step into the role of being a small group coach. Now, I'm not exactly sure how many of my 2022 students have gone on to formally teach the program. We haven't developed a good way to track this quite yet. But off the top of my head, I'd guess at least 10 of them have taught it. Some very formally, meaning they um, you know, identified the weeks they were going to teach the course and they marketed it. And I watched them in many ways, like kind of flex new business muscles. I certainly many of the students in being with also taught the course in less formal ways, or maybe marketed it just to um, a much smaller group of people. So I didn't always see all of that happening. But to hear about my students, because they were all encouraged to start teaching Um, as early as September, if they wanted, they could take the curriculum and start teaching in the community because I really wanted them to have the teaching experience while we were all still together again, if they wanted. So there was no pressure to do that. Everybody very much was encouraged to connect with the material in the way that, that really worked for them. But, but that meant many, many students were starting to teach in September. And that meant as early as September, more families than just the ones that I touch with my podcast or my teaching or all the various things that I do, more families were getting exposed to this material. And that was mind blowing. Like, I don't think I have still really kind of taken in what that experience is and what that means for the future. And I also, you know, week after week got to hear my students talk about the pediatricians that they were connecting with, you know, over their mutual clients or the occupational therapists or the educators or the daycare workers or, you know, all the other people that we as therapists come into contact with when we're really working with and supporting a client and their family, you know, all those folks were getting exposed to this like nervous system approach to seeing kids for who they really are and then to help support their nervous system and and ultimately their behaviors. So that was wild in a way that I also kind of really wasn't expecting. I watched my students grow in their compassion for their own watchdog and possum brain. And y'all, when it comes right down to it, that's probably the most important and most powerful part of the whole year. You know, to, to develop the level of intimate connections I developed with each of these humans and to watch them develop more compassion for the parts of themselves that they maybe couldn't even imagine developing compassion for. And to know that that impact was happening when what we came together for was to learn how to be better parent coaches. I mean, it was just, like I said, it was wild. I watched a student get married at the end of the year and one of her pod members made the trip to her wedding where they got to meet for the first time. I mean, just wild, wild, wild things happen. I watched a local friend and colleague teach my course here in my own community. And Of course, this therapist has already helped so many families in our community. So many. She's been in practice for 20 years. So she's helped hundreds and hundreds of families long before her and I ever, ever interacted. But to watch like the mutual folks in our own mutual shared community get exposed to these concepts through her, that was, that was pretty cool too. That was really. That was really something else. And then in October, with already 24, I think, people registered for the 2023 cohort, I started the official registration process for the 2023 cohort, which included a five-day private podcast series so that interested folks could really get a good feel for what they would experience inside being with. And it was all free and and I crafted it in a way that even folks who weren't interested in in the being with program would get 
something out of that week of training that was delivered through a private podcast. And y'all over a thousand people participated in that week, a thousand helpers and healers and educators and coaches from around the world. Y'all just take a second to just think about what that means that this is spreading, that people want to work this way. People want to see kids behaviors this way. People want to show up and support your families and support you in a way that you really need. That gives me so much hope. So we just started the 2023 cohort of being with, with 54 students. That was my max. That was as many as I could take because I have six coaches and each small group has nine students, which after last year we discovered was a really good sweet spot. I did not want to have small groups. I had more than nine in them. So I had space for 54 and we have 54 students, right? So by the end of this year, the directory that I currently have, which by the way, I don't think I said this before, it's at robingobel.com slash being with directory. And I make sure I'll put that in the show notes, but that directory is going to more than double. Ah, I just can't. I don't, y'all, sometimes I just, I don't even know what to think or say or do. I've already made major updates to the parent course. So over the holidays, my assistant did a ton of parent parent course updates. So the parent course that all of last year's students got, it's already been updated and I expect it's going to continue to be updated. There's such an element of it that is, you know, based on neuroscience and that's of course continuing to to change and we learn new things and and we have, we've got to update it, but I'm also learning new and better ways to actually teach the material. So as those things kind of shift and change, we, we update the course. What all this means is that slowly, surely we are making this way of supporting kids and families more accessible. We're helping clinicians feel confident that they know how to help these most vulnerable families. That means they're going to burn out less, which that's a gift to you, the families they serve, but it's a gift to them. It's against to their humanity that we're seeing and recognizing them as, as worthy of having regulation and peace an integration in their nervous system and that they can have that even while supporting families with the most needs or creating a community where these folks, these professionals, these practitioners can feel really seen and anchored and not judged and not alone. Right? These clinicians who choose to walk alongside you, you the, the most struggling families, they need just as much as y'all do. And as I imagine how being with will unfold and grow into the future, that's what I see. Like the growth of a community that supports these practitioners in a way that then allows them to support you. Being with has exceeded my wildest dreams and expectations. I mean, I... I sometimes, without question, sometimes I have really long, hard days. I work hard. And for the most part, I step back and I go, I cannot believe that this, that this is what I do for a living. What? Like, how is this possible? This is what I get to do. Right now, I have a year of on-demand content for being with, for all of the didactic learning that they're getting that I'll absolutely be regularly updating as needed, but it's there. I don't have to spend the year creating curriculum, recording curriculum, re-recording curriculum, right? I That means I get to do other cool things. I'm going to have time for other things, including my family, I have a son who's halfway through his junior year of high school and gosh, that part of me that wants to just stop time y'all. And, and of course I can't do that. So 
Instead, I'm just trying to be as available to him as I can be while continuing to maintain my commitments to you and to the professionals who turn to me for support. Okay, so yeah, being with was a huge part of 2022. I didn't really expect to go on about being with for half an hour, and it kind of looks like that's where I am with the timestamp, right about half an hour. And so uh, let's move on. Let's move on and look at what other cool things happened in 2023. One day I'll hit record on this episode. You know, maybe I'll be 85 years old and I'll hit record on this episode and, and just smile, just smile as I remember this moment of sitting down and, and recording this for you and, and for me. So, of course, the, the, the second biggest thing in 2022 was my book. I started writing this book in 2021. I submitted my finished manuscript on June 30th, 2022. And after that, it's been mostly just a really long waiting game. Um, Writing the book in and of itself was super hard without question. It was an undertaking I'd never, you know, done before. I'd really no idea what I was doing, but I had a lot of help. And so that was cool. Publishing the book has been a totally different experience in writing it. And without question, a lesson in being at peace with things that are completely out of my control, including a lot of delays. So we are currently looking at a publication date of September 2023. We're hoping that sometime, hopefully in the next month or so, I'll have a finalized cover and then I can start sharing more and more of the details with you. The book offers the tools that I teach my students in being with and I directly teach parents in the club. It's all the parenting tools that I teach and it's based on, of course, my owl, watchdog, and possum model. Um, But, you know, when I sat down to write this book, I didn't want to just write another nonfiction parenting book that's full of tools that you'll read and start to implement and then probably forget most of them because that's kind of how parenting books go. So I very intentionally weaved all the tools into a story. So in the book, you get to meet a parent who comes for parent coaching, 12 chapters and 12 sessions of coaching. And by the end of the book, it's my hope that what you'll have is compassion and love for this parent and their child, compassion and love for yourself and compassion and love for your child, as well as a ton of new tools and techniques. Early readers of the book have said that reading the book is like connecting with me over a cup of their favorite warm beverage, which of course for me is coffee, but y'all have your own preferences. So that's kind of been a common theme in how the early, like my early readers are describing what their experience has been like reading that book, which is exactly what I was going for, because that is actually how the brain changes. And if you're going to spend all this time reading a book, it might as well actually change your brain. And in coordination with both the book and recreating my parent course for the being with students, I hired an illustrator who helps me with my owl watchdog and possum and helped those ideas and those characters just really come to life. Without question, that was one of the most fun parts of the year. Watching these ideas that live in my head come to life out of my head and in this creative form, especially y'all, because I do not really think in pictures. So to see these ideas in my head become pictures was so cool and so much fun, like fun in a way I didn't really anticipate. If you're in the club, you've already been introduced to the new Owl, Watchdog, and Possum. And, um, you know, we've gotten to know the Owl, Watchdog, and Possum brain. And we've learned ways to calm and connect with the Owl and Possum brain. We've learned ways to grow the Owl brain. If, If you follow me on social media, you've seen a few appearances of the Owl, Watchdog, and Possum on social media. Um, and you can definitely, 
uh, plan on them making an even bigger role in the way that I support you and your family. If you've never heard me talk about owls, watchdogs, and possums, you're going to want to go back a little bit in the podcast to um, the episode that's called something like Focus on the Nervous System to Change Behaviors. On my website, if you go to robingobel.com slash change behaviors, you'll find uh, a link to that episode. And I've also included that episode in um, my 10 episode private podcast that's called Start Here. I've curated like my top 10 episodes that help give you a foundation of where to start when you're diving into everything that I have to offer you. That's at robingobel.com slash start here. I'll make sure all these links get down in the show notes. Y'all keep asking when you'll be able to buy Owl, Watchdog, and Possum merchandise, things like stuffed animals and children's books and sand tray figures for the therapy office and t-shirts. And it is going to be really fun to see these kinds of things uh, kind of come to fruition. But I'm also super committed to growing my business at a sustainable pace that keeps the relational aspect like really at its core. So we will almost certainly be thinking about those kinds of products that will support you and coming into contact with your owl watchdog and possum brain and help you help kids learn more about their owl watchdog and possum brain. But aside from coloring pages, which are in the works, uh, I'm not sure that I can give you a timeline for when other kinds of products will be available. But just know it is something we're thinking about and working on. And we are balancing that with making sure that we grow our business at a pace that we can keep up with because it, my business doesn't do you any good if it becomes something that I can't manage. Although I will say my friend Marty Smith ordered um, and gifted me custom cookie cutters based out of the owl, watchdog, and possum. And with the holidays and with everything that's going on, I haven't had the opportunity to use them, but I just said to my husband, oh my gosh, we have to, like just last night I said, we have to make cookies. We have to make owl watch with possum cookies. And so when I make them, I will absolutely be sharing those pictures with you over on social. So if you don't follow me on Facebook or Instagram, head over to either of those places, wherever you spend more time and find me on Facebook and Instagram. And I'll share those pictures of those cookies when um, we finally do make them. Okay. So what else? Obviously, of course, the club is a huge part of my daily life and therefore a huge part of 2022. And the club is really where my heart is. The club is my, I'm head over heels in love with the club and the parents in the club and all of these pieces to my business in some ways kind of come back to the parents in the club um, so that I can continue to find ways to support those of you in the trenches who need the kind of support that the club offers. This seems like a trillion years ago, but actually it was in 2022 that we moved the club into what we called our new clubhouse. So previously the club existed as a private Facebook forum, as well as then all the educational content was on a platform called Thinkific, which meant there was two different places to go, two different logins, and we had to spend more time on Facebook than a lot of us wanted to be on Facebook. So we spent several months preparing for what we called the move to our new clubhouse, and we moved the club off of Facebook and onto a online platform that integrates both like course and educational material with forums and groups in that community experience. So we made that move, gosh, almost a year ago now. We made the move in February of 2022. And while, of course, just like moving to any new house, it's not perfect, 
but it is so much better than what we had before. And we're just constantly looking for ways to make updates and make the experience easier, easier and more streamlined and, and offering more value and more benefit to our club members. I have a little team in the club. I have some coaches who also help me out with posting in the club forum. Sometimes we bring in guests and we are in the middle of kind of launching and announcing some new club features and events. Cause again, we're just always thinking like, what could we do to make this a better experience? What could we do to help kids and families even better? So we have some ideas and we are in the process of starting to roll them out. If you are in the club, by the time this episode airs, this information about what's new and rolling out in the club should already be published in the club. So if you're listening to this and you're in the club and you don't know what I'm talking about, head over to the club and you'll be able to find it as we're starting to think about what's going to happen in February, 2023. Let's see what else happened in 2022. I traveled again. I hadn't traveled really since the pandemic started in March of 2020. And when the pandemic started, I canceled 18 trips. So I was traveling a lot. That was a huge, huge, huge shift for me. I have decided I can never, or at least not for many years, have a travel schedule that resembles that in any way, shape or form. So I accept much fewer speaking engagements. Um, In 2022, I was at a play therapy conference last winter or spring and at several different child welfare conferences. I taught a workshop at the attach conference in Anaheim, California. And that was really cool because I got to meet in person so many folks that I've only ever known online. So people that I feel like I know well, that I'd consider friends and colleagues, we'd never met in person. So that was really awesome. Although it was also really far away And gosh, y'all, I am kind of fragile when it comes to changing time zones. It is so hard for me to change that many time zones and come home in just a couple days. But anyway, it was worth it. I got to meet some really awesome people. And there's something really unique and special about being with hundreds of other folks who are committed to the families of kids with histories of attachment trauma. I mean, you can just imagine that is a pretty cool, pretty unique crowd. So to spend days with those people was pretty awesome. Okay. Let's see. I'm looking at a 45 minute mark. I hope that that's accurate. And that's a little long. So uh, I'm going to start thinking about how to wrap this up. I think the last thing I want to mention in this review is that you may have caught my husband as a guest on the podcast in October. And that was definitely the most vulnerable thing that I've done in business that me and him have done with business. He does work at my business and has since I transitioned away from being like an in-person therapist to working the way that I do now, mostly online. My husband works in my business and I have such a core value of being with you in a very present and authentic way. And even still, like bringing my husband onto the podcast to talk about what I, you know, wanted him to talk about was by far the most vulnerable thing that we have done. I mean, authenticity doesn't necessarily translate to me offering up a lot of information about my family and my personal life. I mean, members of the club know Ed and students in being with know Ed because like I said, he works in my business and he gets to know these folks, but it was still just a huge leap to share such intimate details about someone that I love and our family's pretty intense personal struggle. So you can head back to October and find that episode where I interviewed Ed And the episode was all about his experience with ultimately a diagnosis of Lyme disease and a neuroimmune disorder. 
We assume he's been dealing with the symptoms of chronic Lyme disease probably for his entire adult life, like maybe upwards of 30 years. But the diagnosis didn't come um, until 2020. And the, the diagnosis came with an increase in symptoms. I mean, that's why we were trying to figure out, like, what is this? What's going on here? And it has absolutely just rocked our world. It has turned our world absolutely upside down. There's been times in the last couple of years where I have felt pretty darn confident that my entire career of, you know, researching and learning about and understanding and having compassion for big baffling behaviors, you know, has all been in preparation for what started to transpire in my family. Now, obviously I have other personal connections to vulnerable nervous systems and big baffling behaviors, but this neuroimmune crisis brought it all to a entirely new level to the point where I don't think that our marriage would have even survived if it wasn't for what I know and understand about what behavior really is. And that behavior is simply an expression of what's happening on the inside. And a chronic neuroimmune disorder leaves the insides in a whole lot of turmoil and confusion. Sharing some of those parts of our journey with you all continues to still be so powerful. I mean, we're still getting feedback about that episode. Somebody talked to me about the episode just last week. Somebody talked to Ed about the episode last week as well. When I get feedback, I forward it all on to Ed. A couple of you who are in the club have reached out to him directly. And that piece right there has made it all worth it, right? Just to use the experience, which has been at times traumatic, right? And just impossibly hard, right? But to use that experience to connect with you and to offer you some hope or even just a moment of being seen and not alone. If nothing else in the, 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 what feels like unbearable aloneness in facing symptoms and a medical condition that nobody seems to know what it is or how to diagnose or certainly how to treat. And I imagine that the vast majority of you listening to this podcast have experienced that way more than you should have. And we've heard from a lot of folks that felt really seen. And that is the antidote to trauma and shame that you felt really seen in that episode. So that was extremely rewarding. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. And speaking of the podcast, so y'all, this will actually be the last thing I reflect on. But speaking of the podcast, we actually hit several milestones on the podcast in 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2022, including passing 200,000, then 300,000, and then 400,000 downloads. And we had our 100th episode. I actually expect that we will pass half a million downloads soon, probably within a month, maybe six weeks of this episode airing. And that is bananas, y'all. Like, I started this podcast on a whim. I took some Facebook Lives, put them into a podcast, and decided I liked podcasting way better than getting on video for Facebook Lives. And now it's been listened to by almost half a million times that is just bananas. I, I really seriously have no idea what to make of that. And I have some super fun ideas about what's going to happen on the podcast in the future that um, I'm not quite ready to share, but just keep listening because I'll be sharing soon. 
All right. So what's ahead then? Like, what can we look forward to here in 2023? Well, it certainly feels like getting this book published will be a highlight of 2023. But since that's still unfortunately many months away, my focus in the short term is going to be on creating community in my newest cohort of being with. These students have made a tremendous investment in time and energy and money and my commitment to them is that they are at the front of my mind basically every day. I also have plans that are going to supercharge the club. I mentioned briefly just a few moments ago, um, there's a new feature I'm going to be launching soon, probably even before this episode airs. And I have uh, plans for a couple different kinds of new live events that are going to happen in the club. I also have plans for, I think, what we might call things like pop-up surprise live events. So not an event that is going to happen with regularity. Like right now we have a masterclass that happens with regularity. So I have some ideas for kind of like pop-up ideas, pop-up workshops, things that will be like one-time events, not necessarily become regular occurrences. And we haven't done a whole lot of that in the club. So I'm really excited about that. But more than anything, what I want the club members to know and to feel is how important they are to me and my team. I I want them to feel loved and supported and seen and valued. And that's probably, you know, just right up there with my goal for creating community inside being with and for, you know, being with them in a way that helps them feel really seen every day. That's what I want for my club members as well. I have a pretty full speaking calendar already full for me, like what is full now, not what full used to be a couple years ago. So I have a couple of play therapy events coming up. I have a two day experiential workshop for all kinds of helpers and healers. That's going to be in June in Bloomington, Indiana. And I have a couple events for parents scheduled as well. You can see my training and travel schedule over at robingobel.com slash trainings. I am going to travel a bit, not a ton, just a little bit, including I get to go back to Austin in May, which I'm so excited about. And I'm also going to be doing a lot of little events online. I anticipate that in the fall, I'll be doing a lot of things related to the book as it gets published. So I'm trying to keep my fall calendar open for now. So we'll see how that kind of unfolds and what that schedule ends up looking like. Again, robingobel.com slash trainings if you are interested in that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I really want to just end this with gratitude with, with a thank you, you know, whether you're a being with student or a member of the club or someone I've met in a training or in a conference, or maybe you're a regular podcast listener, or maybe this is your first time tuning into the podcast. Just a big thank you. You know, these ideas that connect us, the ideas that bring you here, the ideas about behavior, the ideas about compassion, the ideas about relationship. And then we take those ideas and we look at them primarily through the lens of parenting, but these are ideas that that we can apply to all aspects of our life. Y'all, these ideas can change the world. And even if they don't, like at the very least, they're changing me. And I assume that that means that they're changing things for you and for your kids and that they're changing things for good and that that matters. It matters a lot. So thank you. Thank you for just continuing to show up, for continuing to press play, to being curious about this way of being with ourselves, being with others being with, especially with our kids. So next week, you're going to get an episode from me that talks about the difference between blaming and excusing and understanding behaviors, big differences. And so often I hear folks push back 
on some of these ideas that help us understand behavior because they, they seem to hold this truth in their own bodies, in their own nervous systems that understanding equals excusing understanding equals lack of accountability. And I always just find this so curious that because of how we've come to understand human behavior, we seem to think that we can't both understand what's driving behavior and have a very tight, clear boundary. And we absolutely can have both and and need to have both. Like understanding behavior isn't excusing it. Understanding behavior keeps us out of judgment. And we'll talk about why that is so important next week. Understanding behavior allows compassion to emerge, which actually makes setting boundaries even easier. So this is going to be the perfect episode to set us up for what's going to be a month-long exploration of exactly that, boundaries. And we're going to talk about what boundaries really are. Like, what does that word actually even mean? How do we hold boundaries, especially with people where ending the relationship for folks who don't comply with our boundaries isn't an option, like with our kids, And I have a super special guest lined up. Cannot wait to introduce you to this person who I think is on the absolute cutting edge of boundaries, what boundaries really are, how we set boundaries, and what is the work that we need to do internally to be able to set the boundaries that we want to set. So that month on the podcast is going to set the stage for this big deep dive then into the practical application of boundaries work, including and especially how to like strengthen our own psychological and energetic boundaries. We're going to do that in the club in March. So we'll be welcoming new members into the club just in time for that. So we'll be able to together explore this very important and again, often like super confusing topic. (sighs) Okay. I'm about to tip over the one hour mark, which, okay. That was a long, that was a long one. Um, if this is your first time with me, y'all, I talk a lot. I do really work and trying to be more succinct and I still have a lot of work to do. So if you've listened this long, I am just so grateful that me and you are here together, that we're developing this relationship, that we can do this in this way and that it matters, that my relationship matters to you and your relationship with me matters to me. So come back next week. We are going to start really laying the groundwork so we can deep dive into how do we set boundaries with kids, with vulnerable nervous systems, and big baffling behaviors. I can't wait. I'll see you next week. Are you ending this episode with maybe a big sigh of relief? Like, yes, finally, someone gets me and my kids but also maybe a sense of like, okay, but now what? All right, y'all, I've got lots of possible now what's. If you want to connect with me directly, like pick my brain, have access to me almost every day, not to mention hundreds of other parents from around the world who totally get what it's like to be you, then you're going to want to join us in the club. We have monthly live events including groups for siblings of dysregulated kids, a huge video library with something like 80 or 90 videos, plus transcripts and certificates of completion. Plus, of course, a very active forum that I'm participating in every single day. We open for new members periodically. So go check robingobel.com slash the club. If we aren't open now, you can put yourself on the waiting list and I'll let you know the moment we open for new members. That's robingobel.com slash the club. 
Now, if you're a professional and you want to strengthen your capacity to work with the families of kids with big baffling behaviors and vulnerable nervous systems, plus use all of my materials, including a 12-module course that follows raising kids with big baffling behaviors, plus be included in an online searchable directory so families all over the world could find you, then you're looking for Being With, which is my year-long immersive training program that runs January through December. So you'll want to go to robingobel.com slash being with, read all about it. And if you're interested, put yourself on that waiting list too. Now, if you just maybe need a little extra connection and co-regulation, but don't feel like you need to join the club, then you can just keep listening to my podcast. Or you could go subscribe to my Start Here podcast, and that'll give you 10 episodes in order that will take you through cultivating a great foundation of parenting with regulation, connection, and felt safety. That's at robingobel.com slash start here. You have to go there. You can't just find it in your podcast app. Or you could get yourself a copy of Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, paper book, audio book, ebook. You can get that anywhere books are sold. Or you could just head to my website download one of my very many free resources. I keep them all really easy to access at robingobel.com slash free resources. Webinars, masterclasses, ebooks, infographics, all sorts of stuff. Go check it out. See what of those things could be supportive of you or maybe to the other adults in your life who are helping support you and your child. There are just so many ways that you and I could be more connected and you can get the amount of co-regulation and support that you need. If it feels like a lot to remember, all you have to do is go to robingobel.com and take your time clicking around, seeing what I got there. I am so, so glad you and I are connected now and I can't wait to be with you again soon in our next episode of The Baffling Behavior Show. Bye-bye, y'all.